Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's coming up to midnight in Moscow. Um, and France are the world champions. They've um, they beat Croatia 4-2. And um, I've got Jack... Pitbrook here. Miguel's at the toilet, so he'll be here in a minute. But uh, we're going to talk with Jack about the the implications of what happened tonight, what happened tonight in particular, and um, yeah, what um, what the World Cup has been like as a whole. Jack, um, thoughts on the game? Um, I thought it was a fun, upbeat game, which I think both sides will probably take quite a lot from. Um, I mean, it seems like it's kind of a silly thing to say because finals are so final, but when you've got a situation where you've got a big overdog and an underdog, uh, I think both teams can be pretty proud of how they played. I thought Croatia were brilliant for the first, basically until 55 minutes when France won their third goal. They probably played the better football and were unlucky with those three goals that they conceded. And France weren't great, but they, you know, they got it done with some style. Um, they played, you know, they were exciting in flashes, but never really expansive. But then, if you've been watching them all tournament, you wouldn't really expect them to be. Um, so I, I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed it as a game. Certainly. What about you? I, I thought. Oh, I thought it was a fantastic game. And uh, Croatia really did. Kind of, they bossed it. They bossed the first half. They weren't just slightly better. They were. They were a lot better. France scored with basically their only two attacks of the first sort of whatever it was, 35, 40 minutes. Um, and the second goal, which I, I don't think should have been a penalty. I think I think Miguel, who's, who's going to be um, here in a couple of minutes, I think Miguel has a, a slightly different view to me. I, I, I thought that um, essentially once... I, there wasn't anywhere else for his hand to go. We're talking about Perisic for the, for the penalty that, that was given on, on VAR. Um whether or not the hand was in motion or whether it was in a natural position, I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. From a you know, from a strictly like football, you know, laws of football point of view, it hit the hand, uh, and you can't say it was deliberate. But under the letter of the law, it probably is a penalty. Under a judicial viewpoint, you would say what actually could he have done to, to avoid the ball hitting his hand? And the answer is nothing. He, like, there, was, there was nothing that he could have done to prevent his side giving away a penalty and going 2-1 down in the World Cup final. That's probably what's going to stink. Miguel, are we talking about a penalty? Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't a penalty. The minute I saw it on, um, re- on the replay, I thought, he's going to give that. So, it's borderline. I don't want it to be a penalty, but... And I'm sure there's also you can get really into rules. Well, my gut was a, it was a penalty straight away. I'm still I'm still not fully sure what I think, but that was my gut straight away that he's going to give it. But his hand can't go anywhere. I know, I know, I know. I know yeah, and I think Modric made that point as well. Like, how do you jump? There's that footage of him with the with, yeah. the, with the Ford official. Although then Modric actually intro we got him in the mix zone there, and he said yeah, he denied having having seen it at the time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean the, the great. Well, it's really irritating is ultimately I know France went on and scored twice and two, two goals were brilliant but that was still the real deciding of the game um, Croatia admitted that it, uh, 
I think it was either Lovren or Modric she said afterwards that that killed them basically the penalty mm. and that kind of sucked the life of there was a better team up to then it looked like we could have an upset on yeah Croatia didn't really have, any, have anything at all in the, in the tank in the second half yeah. did they they were completely we thought that was basically felt like the overdue result of those three consecutive extra time yeah. games they played well, that second half. also in that, in that perspective now maybe Luck went away in some of the other games but in this, in this final as well like basically Croatia were pushing themselves to the limit in every way so they're already kind of stretched over like what they are as a country they're probably to go that far with a, with a pool that shallow then they've played three games of extra time so in that situation, up against a team like France, they need everything to fall away. And the opposite happens. Every, everything went, went against them, bar the run of play, where like, they, they were the better team. But like, all the key moments went against them. The Griezmann dive, the uh, Pogba offside or onside, the fact it was one of their own players, the ball came off. Then for the penalty, it just didn't let... And, and even actually before that, there were so many moments, actually, when it looked like... For, for the first time in this tournament, really, basically, that French defence didn't look assured under balls coming in from wide. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Like, Croatia really had them under pressure. But, again, they didn't get the bounce. France, worthy winners, Jonathan? Yeah, I think they've been the best team uh, in the tournament. And if you look at the look at the teams that they've had to come through, they come through the, the, like the monstrous half of the draw. Uh, Argentina in the second round... Um, Uruguay in the quarterfinals, Belgium in, in the semi-finals. Uh, you know, they have been. They, they've certainly got the best defence of the tournament. Yeah. They have counter-attacked as well as anyone in the tournament. They've. I, I don't actually think they counter-attacked that well. I think it was very improvisational. Uh, I don't think there's any structure on it today. They were awful in the counter-attack, which sounds amazing when they scored four goals. But I, I think Belgium counter-attacked better. Yeah, I think they're the best counter-attacking team. I would say, are we talking about over the tournament as a whole, or, or in or in sporadic bursts? I, I, I think most of the tournament, I, I, there, there, was, there was always something. There, was, there, were, there were always flashes in their games. Oh, oh look, that's where the counter attack. The team looks real, and then like it would, but it would only last for a kind of for a second or a, for, a, or for a flash, and then it would go and they were kind of like ultimately it's hard to get away from the fact. But and this comes to a wider point with the World Cup. France, like Spain before them in 2010, like Germany in 2014, they're basically in mass industrialised their youth production. So they've got by far the best squad in the tournament, other than other than Spain and Germany, who both had freakishly bad tournaments. So they're by far better than everyone else, and yet they're playing the football of a small country. That's what they do, though. I mean, that, that's. I mean, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the the second half against Argentina, the second half here. Uh, the, Pretty much the the whole of the semi final against against Belgium, which was a, a consummate yeah. performance. They've neutered like the best the best teams in the world, and and that, yeah, but they, but they, like they they shouldn't be going out to neuter those games. And I I, I don't want to say they got lucky because they were so much better, but then they should be so much better. But it did. Feel, I I actually think they they actually brought they made the World Cup almost in a weird way. I know everyone's got on about how kind of comfortable their games were, but they made the, their World Cup more of a battle by reducing it to those tight, kind of tight games. And I, I think they played against their strengths. And also, when you look, I think that's why, unless they go on and win the Euros now, yeah, to be fair, they, they, won, they won France 98 in a similar way, and I think that's why Deschamps plays this way. And then because of from the confidence of France 98, the Euro 2000, they were incredible. They had, like, they had a quantum leap. And maybe the same will happen here. But... I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure their, their legacy will be all that great after this tournament. This sounds like an argument for Arsene Wenger replacing Didier Deschamps <laughs> and taking the team to the next yeah. level of stylistic football. I was going to say, are we, are we into kind of Guardiola-Mourinho territory here? Is, is it, but they've won the trophy now, so now it's not like now, now, the, now we're on to the next argument where, where, they, where, they, where their place in history is. Um, so we're just going to move around the corner because all the all the volunteers in the in the media centre are taking a photo and 
Won't do it quietly. No. Won't do it quietly. So we're just going to move around the corner. Where's your laptop? It's over there. Okay. Let's uh, quick pause while we work out where Miguel's laptop is. Oh no, it's it's, it's fine. Okay. Um, right, uh, Jack. I'm going to come to you now. Um, what what do you think? the the legacy of this tournament is going is going to be has it been a good tournament has it been kind of the cutting edge of the game has it has, have, have we have we seen the best team win and have we have we seen the best players come to the fore i mean that's about eight questions yeah i think the legacy of this tournament is probably croatia i think that's what this will be remembered for because we've all got this big fear about the world cup which is that this kind of speaks to what miguel was just saying is that the World Cup is only going to be the preserve of a small number of rich Western European countries. Basically, Germany, France, Spain, uh, maybe England and Belgium, if they get their act together. Um, And that's obviously a really bad thing. Now, the fact that Croatia, who obviously are in Europe, but are from a very different like demographic and economic profile from the countries we just listed if they can get to the final then hopefully that will give inspiration to like countries from all over the world whether it's africa asia latin america that you know this belongs to them as well because that's kind of the great fear isn't it is that the world cup will just become will just be won by france germany spain on rotation it looks like we're already subject to those forces the same kind of economic forces the club game because what are are those countries they're basically the biggest wealthiest western european countries and england are already in the process of doing the same thing and again it's one of the biggest Uh, so so i'd say that croatia is the bit is like the biggest legacy i think the other interesting legacy point is like brilliant individual players who hope to stamp themselves on the tournament and have failed to do so like Mo Salah yeah well I, the obvious I mean you've got Salah and then to varying degrees Ronaldo Messi and Neymar yeah. who obviously they all play in clubs they all play in club teams which are designed to get the best out of them and you come into international football and you just can't do it like you yeah. can't you can't gear a club team to get the most out of like player X in the same way yeah. that you can do Sorry, you can't get an international team to do that in the same way as you can get a club team. And that means that, like, even though the way we think about international football is really, like, individualised, like, can Neymar save Brazil? Can Ronaldo save Portugal? In reality, like, Neymar saving Brazil and Ronaldo saving Portugal is really, really hard. Because yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, the teams are less good and the defences are better. Well, on, on that point, actually, that's one almost one thing I didn't expect from this World Cup, that how fun and open and entertaining it was. Um, after the kind of defensive dross of Euro 2016 which was football wise a much poorer tournament this I mean all right, whatever about the kind of quality compared to the Champions League or like that it was so open and just <laughs> a good laugh I think some, something like 168 goals or something in the, in, in the tournament okay. like about, about, about 2.7 which would I think oh, is, that, is that one of the highest since I think it would be the highest since France 98 oh, wow. I, 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 need to, I need to double check that but High, highest uh, scoring final since 1966 Yes, yeah, and, and that was in 120 minutes. This was a, like a 90 minute, 90 minute six, six goals final, uh, and a repeat of the 1930 final as well, I think. What, what's your view of the legacy, Jonathan? Well, I think you made a really good point about, um, about teamwork and, and how like, great players are great, but give us a great team every time. And if you look at Germany, Argentina, and you know, at the very last minute, Spain. I think there was a, there was an assumption that their great players would get them through what were actually quite severe internal ructions, yeah. and and it, it didn't it didn't work out that way. Uh, and meanwhile, t- teams that played like teams Belgium, Croatia, England, you know, you might even say Japan, 
managed to and Sweden managed to perform above themselves by virtue of having a you know a strategy and 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 having players that 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 played in in recognizable positions and all working with each other so i think i think that, that that's one of the big takeaways and I, and I wonder whether this whole whether we're moving into a kind of a, a, a new era now whereas you know as well as the kind of the industrialized player you know talent production that we're, that we're talking about that the last sort of decade or so has been so warped by these two amazing players that we've had and we're, we're, we're now now going to go through an era where there's not going to be two players head and shoulders no, above. No, no, I mean, I know it's, it feels so kind of small fry, actually, and kind of bit, almost a bit. Discuss this after the, after the World Cup final, but the Ballon d'Or it shouldn't go to either of uh, Ronaldo or Messi. It probably still will go to Ronaldo, but that's bollocks. It should. I mean, Varane should really maybe yeah. or, or Modric. I, mean, I think I think Modric has actually got a pretty good chance yeah. this time because if the if the Real block who won't vote, vote for Ronaldo now presumably, if the Real block now get behind sure, I keep thinking in the old terms because now it's obviously two different words it's the actual Ballon d'Or from the journalists and now it's the, the best the best yeah. which is the worst possible name for a yeah. it's also the I think, isn't it the name of like Morrison's like finest range it's like so, so is it, it says the difference for Sainsbury's and, and finest and, and I think Morrison's was called the best which I think is kind of kind of sums up the, the FIFA award yeah, so as well name after which <laughs> so if, if this World Cup was a uh, high supermarket which one would it be Ocado, I think it was it, it was it was high quality and yet like it was twenty it was a twenty first century tournament it was a, it was a very modern tournament uh, you know you, you could order it exclusively online it, rem- it remembers your shopping lists um, and you know it, it's got it's got quinoa and and, and all, all different kind of um, yeah I don't know where I'm really going with this one it's actually quite a good answer for what is actually I think a hospital pass question <laughs> at one one in the morning when, when we've all been working every day for That's five a, weeks I, I trusted him I knew, I knew I could give him the ball you know it's a legacy I, 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 I trusted his touch it's, it's a legacy of uh, all, all the days I spent at the Telegraph doing sort of World <laughs> Cup 2010 yeah. pull out supplements Wimbledon pull out supplements and it was like if this tennis player was a biscuit yeah. if this if this Premier League team were a philosopher and, and so you know you, you learn to yeah, yeah. you learn to get yourself in that, in that, in that way of thinking thinking um miguel when are you going home tomorrow half seven it's probably out monday so tonight i suppose 7 30 p.m well it's actually it's what time is it now it's midnight here in in moscow i'm going home in 19 hours yes we, we uh, me and jack have a, a taxi to the airport in about five just under five minutes yeah that worked out uh, okay for me yeah um i mean how do you guys feel about so, so me personally i'm i'm gonna have um I've got to spend about a month doing the the England India series, and then so I'm, I'm not really get, going to be getting into club football for maybe another another couple of months. Uh, you guys be getting back back into it when you're off your holidays. So a little insight from the mix on here. When actually after about Dejan Lovren, who was good and gave up a lot of his time after getting defeat, um, but then someone at the end goes, "What do you think of Liverpool signing? Come on, man, it's a World Cup final." Lovren said, which was not anymore. Yeah, well. yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Lovren's sentiment, but there is part of me which thinks, in three, three weeks from today, I'm going to be at the Community Shield, and Jorginho will presume, presumably be getting booed by City fans, <laughs> and there will be a big... People will be asking Pep Guardiola, Pep, do you distance yourself from the booing of Jorginho? And there'll probably be, like, an issue about Pep shaking Jorginho's hand. Uh, and as soon, you know, when you're back in like a do you condemn argument and a handshake argument, you're back in the sweet embrace of the Barclays Premier League. <laughs> uh, and yes, it's it's 
it, it, I mean, it looks a bit tawdry and sordid yeah. from here, but when we're when you're back in it, when, when you've got your head in the jug, well, there's all, nothing else like it. Really, I mean, I suppose how, how fast moving the football world is, it already feels like England's World Cup is gone, it's done. We were already discussing now, we have some of the quotes we got in the mix zone and stuff like where, where they're talking about the ref and how they play better than France, but tomorrow. People won't want to read that anymore. They'll be able to France kind of for next year, but by, by Tuesday, the World Cup is history and it's on its, it's yeah. transfers. But well, yeah, we'll, by Tuesday, Twitter will be entirely. Why haven't Tottenham signed a centre back? Yeah. <laughs> Why haven't Tottenham signed a centre back? Uh, because they haven't sold Toby Alderweireld yet. Is, is Alderweireld going to go to United? Uh, I'm not sure about that one. And that's just a taste of what you can look forward to for the next 23 months. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, we're going to sign off. I think uh, it's should we, been. Should we do some sort of take home from the World Cup. Should we do? Should we do some take home from? The, I mean, is, is, we, is, is we, that we, what we, we've been doing for the we, last we, like we, sixteen we, minutes? We, we, we could basically read out those answers that we gave to Ed. No, um, can I just say thank you very much to listeners and readers who have sent us some nice tweets oh, yeah, yeah, in the last yeah. few days over the course of the tournament. Uh, it actually does make a big difference. They, they are very much appreciated. The World Cup. It's a privilege to cover, but it is actually a slog in terms of travel in terms of hours so it is very nice to hear people appreciate the work yeah I mean especially especially I mean you you and Jack and but but especially but especially me um, <laughs> uh, it's it's been yeah it's been an absolute pleasure and I, I think just on a, on, a, on a personal view um, like just traveling around Russia for the last four weeks it's it's a it's a country that just you know totally five weeks just totally throws you through a loop um like culture language food like everything is just it's just you know miles like worlds away from the west so it's, it's been an absolute it's been an absolute pleasure uh, pleasure to cover and thank you so much for for reading and listening over the last month we'll be back with uh, our regular sort of indie football podcast when we were all sort of had a lie down in a dark room and uh, yeah, there's, there'll be plenty of stuff on the indie website tomorrow, tomorrow morning to read I, I, on the I, I, World I, I, Cup final. Glitter that France celebrated with in my hand now. That's nice, isn't it? Do, 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 do a competition, competition time. Yeah, Miguel has some of the, some of the literal glitter that, that, that France celebrated with uh, was was on the pitch after the after they, they lifted the World Cup. Um, should we say leave a nice comment and you can win a bit of glitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's an, right, yeah. an irresistible offer. Uh, thanks, guys, Miguel. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thanks for having us. Thanks, listeners. It's been a pleasure. And thank you. Bye.